Thank you for tuning in to the Wilderness Tamer podcast. This is Minnesota number 12, The Countdown. A quick shout out to the show's sponsors is Dry Pocket Apparel. They are the future of swimwear that come with an integrated dry bag as a pocket that has a self-sealing magnetic strip that's good to 100 feet down and it keeps your phone dry as a bone. So go check them out on Facebook and Instagram and as well as drypocketapparel.com. Now, to use a, to save a little money, use promo code WILDERNESS to get you 25% off your order. My other sponsors are Nomad Outdoors and City Bonfires. Thank you for all the support. Now, getting into what I call the countdown. Turkey season's over. It's a bit of a lackluster season for me. Uh, my club didn't do too hot. I had to contend with coyotes and just other predation, I guess, and the birds just not work, working with me, or me not working with the birds, vice versa. Um, my last three weekends of hunting for South Georgia turkey season, which ended in this 15th here this past weekend, it uh, I had, I'd say, about 8.30 to 8.30ish to 9 o'clock, I would somewhat have a pack of coyotes howl up around me. And they've been within 200 yards. Now, this past weekend, the end, the end of the weekend, end of the day, or end of the season, I should say. I'm sorry, I'm getting tongue-tied. It's been a long day, long Monday. And they were actually in the little, I guess, food plot clear-cut we have. It trimmed up in these planted pines that we have. It's a pretty decent-sized old food plot. There's a lot of activity in there. But they were up in there, and it's about a 200-yard walk up into the woods-ish. I mean, it might be 150. But one thing's for sure, I'm going to hit them hard next year and just take what I learned and roll with it, and that's hunting. That's what they call getting. And plus, just hunting them flatwood birds are pretty hard. That's from what I've heard from other people. And there ain't no joke. So if I would have got one, I would have been elated. Now, the only thing that made my season, I will honestly say, was that longbow I'm shooting this season. And it's just being able to shoot at that tree stump or that little tuft of grass or whatever, I can. It ain't like a compound where it's you're going to blow your arrow up if you hit a stump. So it just adds that extra little, I guess, kid Santa Claus element kind of thing, you know. It just makes it a lot more fun and it's enjoyable. Not that hunting ain't, but sometimes you can get in the, the rut of it, I should say. Or you're just a little, I'm done with this and all that, but the next day you're ready to go again. Now, me with that longbow, I've been practicing out to, I'd, I made a good 32 yard shot and I'm trying to stretch it out, especially for whitetail season, which starts up September 12th. So the countdown is a 12 week, 12 weeks ish, and I'm talking to my cousin now, and we're gonna try and plan an opening weekend, not opening weekend, that's opening week, opening month, September. We're gonna try and go to Piedmont and see if we can get in there and do, because it's a general open archery hunt, and try and get in there before the muzzleloader and rifle hunters do. Now, I know one thing's for sure, it's not gonna be easy, let alone with a trad bow on top, but I think it's doable and I've been there going on 10, 10 years now of hunting that place I know where I know what to look for at least I think I do I've seen big deer and I missed a good one year before last it'll be my personal record 
I shot a doe 20 minutes before he walked out. He come out, followed the same trail she did because that weekend was like the nail on the head rut. I mean, it was peaking. It was on like Donkey Kong. I saw some great deer, but the ones I saw were either in the road when I was in my truck and you gotta have your rifle in a case or I'd like this one, no excuses, I just plum missed. So it is what it is. I'm ready to get back up there. I look forward to it every season. Now, a place a little bit closer to home, I like to hunt, which I did back in the day growing up, which most of my bow hunting career was on public land. We, or my dad, we didn't really see fit to have, which one we couldn't afford it because it's too expensive around here. And just didn't really see why, because they had, we had Grand Bay, which was a public uh, land as WMA. And it was good when we started out. We had action. We had all, got all kinds of stories. Whenever I do have my dad on, hopefully he'll go with us on this archery hunt. But there's all kinds of stories I could share out there. Like this one in particular. It was probably one of our first archery hunts, and we got into it with a crossbow. Now, I'm the crossbow is good for people that cannot draw a bow back, or they can't. You just you, they can't shoot a normal bow. It's it's understandable. But if you are able-bodied, I don't think you should be shooting a crossbow. That's a whole different podcast for a whole other subject. But, and I'm kind of doing a little bit of hypocrisy here, I guess. So, we started out with a crossbow to just to get us out in it. Now, it had a red dot on top. and I mean, it was a 110-pound bow. It was strong. I couldn't even cock it back when we first got it. Dad was the only one that was able to. But anyways, this was probably one of our one of my first hunts that I ever remember of actually shooting a broadhead, bolt, arrow, whatever you want to call it, and towards a deer. We were sitting in a cotton field patch where this dog leg of hardwoods come down and went down to our right. Well, we had noticed that it looked, I mean, you could tell they were coming out and eating the blossoms off of the cotton bushes. So we were like, we were just going to sit just, it was about head high once you sat in a little chair, a little dove stool top chair. So we were hitting pretty good. And once we kind of stomped us out a little little spot, not like we crushed a bunch of uh, crop, but we did clear us out a spot. Had a little blind going. Now, we were sitting there waiting and it was getting later in the evening. And all of a sudden, you see a little ear flicker, doe pops out. And she's probably 50-ish yards. And... She's gone. She could either go left or she could have gone right. And as luck would have it, she'd come right to us. So she started walking down towards us and she kind of walked off into the cotton. I don't know if she saw us thinking we were another deer or what, but she walked off into the cotton and through the process of me looking down and getting the, the crossbow, it was already cotton and everything, just getting ready and had it in my hands. We kind of lost her. Well, we're sitting there looking, kind of rubbernecking around. And then all of a sudden you just see this brown body and it was 15 yards max. I don't know how that deer got that close to us without it seeing us or smelling us. Well, dad just goes like points like shooter. Well, I throw up and I just see brown with a red dot and I glunk. And I reckon I either shot right under or right over. Her. And she runs off. There ain't no, you can tell she wasn't hit. She just standing back looking at us, not really sure what happened. And, uh, oh, my daddy says, give me that thing. He grabs the bow, cocks it, and he shoots. Now, as the line of the arrow, it would have been perfect. 
It's just, I guess she was too far and didn't do enough Kentucky windage. It hit about five yards in front and skipped them between her legs. So, and she hustled off after that. So that's probably one of my first escapades, I should say, on public land. And there's plenty more. I'd be here for a long time talking about it. But the main thing is I'm looking forward to getting back to my roots, hunting public land with a bow. I, for the last 11 years, I haven't hunted with a bow just because I kind of got burned out on it. And I mean, a girlfriend turned into a wife, turned into kids and two of them. Just one thing led to another, and now I'm coming back in that time of my life where I'm kind of can get back into it. Now, for some reason, I didn't feel, I guess, interested in getting a compound because I kind of knew once I got it dialed in, not tooting horns or nothing, I don't think it would have been much of a challenge. Granted, hunting with a compound is hard. But for me, I'm not doing it just because I, I like tread. It's cool, it's different, and when you do get an animal, you did something. So, uh, I like the fact that it's more, you kind of leave the universe to, I mean, you can do all the technique and everything you want, but at the end of the day, when you release that arrow, it's gone. The elements and the universe has it, and it's directing it to wherever it feels to see fit. Now, today there's one thing that i have done i've started google scouting some areas on which i hunt i don't know if people aren't really going to say where but there's a certain spot that i tend to have more luck at luck than not so that's one thing i like to do talking in preparation besides bow or shooting and all that is really what they call e-scouting your area you can't put boots on the ground second best thing is get the satellite view now, these give you chances to make you a list of points of interest that you could check off once you get up there and you're not wasting time walking around the woods and you can get your butt in a stand and get ready to kill something but um now like i said this ain't going to be a hunting all hunting podcast and i know it has been but it's with the seasons but since we're going into the off season now I do got some fishing trips planned, especially with my brother. We're planning one for the late to mid-June. We're going to plan going down the planning canoe trip, going down river, and just fishing, drinking a beer, having fun, camping, and just enjoying being out in the wilderness. And I'm really going to try to video as much as I can of that and post to all my social media platforms because I know I need to get more video content out there, and that's what the people seem to like more. Instead of just looking at a picture and hearing audio. So one thing's one thing's leading to another. And I'm starting to grasp. And the wheel is starting to turn a little bit. And like I say. This is my seventh month doing these podcasts. So And I've got people out till July. So I don't have a lack of content. I'm pretty excited. Just for June I'm going to try and make my fishing month. And July I'm going to do like a military tribute. I got three guys lined up already. That are going to be pretty sweet to talk to. And they've been through some serious shit. For our country. So it would be a real good honor to have them on. And share their story. Now I just want to thank everybody. For coming on and listening to the podcast. And sticking with it. Now we had to reschedule. The episode with Brian Collins. That is happening Monday. 
at six o'clock is where it's going. Well, it's probably going to be dropping around closer to eight, but it's happening Monday evening. It'll be dropping for your pleasure. He is the co-owner of Dry Pocket Apparel, and we're going to get the backstory of him and how he come up with his product. And I'm going to do an up-close review and have it posted to all my social media accounts. So if you're interested in that, check it out. And also, don't forget, if you go to Dry Pocket Apparel and see something you want, because he just doesn't have swim apparel. He has dry bags and other things as well. Use promo code WILDERNESS to get you that 25% off. So thanks again to everyone that has to do with this podcast. It really means a lot. You're helping a man's dream come true. Stay tuned for episode 14, Getting It Watertight, dropping Monday. Goodbye, everybody.